welcome to the Quietest Moments podcast. I am your host, Sherry Homiyun Myers, and this is a show that's really dedicated to those on a journey of self-discovery and inner peace. My show is all about the quiet moments in life and what have been some of those quiet moments that people have experienced. What have they taught them? The lessons, the insights. There is so much we can learn in the quiet moments of life if we just listen. So this is going to be the type of show that's going to expand your mind in so many different ways and is really going to help facilitate more of your growth on your own personal self-discovery journey. So I say buckle up hit the follow button and enjoy the ride and welcome to the quietest moments. Okay guys. So today we're hearing from Audrey Wong and Audrey and I had the best conversation. I mean, she is a stellar woman. She comes with a background in computer science, actually, and has worked in the management consulting world. She's also become an entrepreneur and has scaled businesses to seven and eight figures. I think what I also really loved about my conversation with Audrey is that she's got this phenomenal life coaching and intuitive healer background. And you're going to hear about some of her own personal difficulties difficulties, what she had to overcome to really get to where she is today. And then when you hear about what she's doing for people and how she's able to help people, I was so blown away by her and her entire journey. So welcome to Audrey Wong. Okay, Audrey, I'm so, so excited to have you on the Quietest Moments podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Cher. Amazing. So let's dive right into it. I'm super intrigued by your journey. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about your journey to where you are today. Sure. Um, It's a winding road to get to where we are, but I think that's part of the fun, right? So um, it started when I was eight and I was discovered in a playground in Greenwich Village uh, to be a model. And after that, the photographer suggested that I try to do acting. So I became a television actress at age eight. And that same year, I received an art scholarship because of my drawings uh, to study art at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. So early on, I was really creatively focused. And that, you know, stayed with me for the first, I would say, you know, eight years after that. And then at age 16, Um, my parents um, separated and it led into a pretty mm, unhappy divorce and I had to put myself through school. So I went to Rutgers University and studied computer science to be practical. So I set aside my artistic and creative side so that I can focus on being a businesswoman and um, make some money so I could support my family and also support myself. And um, I became a management consultant as an internship uh, after my junior year, and I received a, a job with Accenture uh, right before senior year started. I did interview with a bunch of places after that, but I really liked Accenture and I stayed with them after college. And while I was there, I was um, ranked in the top 5% globally. It's called Van One uh, there uh, while I was there and really learned a lot about myself and business in general. Um, I focused on technology. So through technology, I was able to learn all the business functions through just understanding data and how users interface with the data. So eventually I, I got the entrepreneurial bug and decided to create my own businesses. So I created businesses that range from management, consulting, manufacturing, design, and, uh, it took five years to launch, uh, 
my businesses to a point where I could support myself with the lifestyle I, I was comfortable with. So um, with the management consulting lifestyle, I did enjoy certain things. So I, I worked really hard to be able to create businesses that was able to sustain that. And um, they grossed six to eight figures. Um, in parallel to this, though, the reason why I think I was successful is because I was always very self-aware. I minored in psychology in college, and I promised myself that I would seek therapy after college because there was some emotional trauma I experienced growing up, and I was diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, CPTSD, due to the childhood trauma. So I went to therapy constantly and I started reading, I started reading a ton of self-help books and also studied spirituality to really ground in my, my own knowledge and knowing and get to know myself. Uh, because a lot of my emotional trauma came from um, not being understood and being forced to conform to what other people thought I should be. And I'm a very different uh, person than what Asian parents would want for a girl. Um, I'm pretty masculine in my pursuits. I like video games and I love technology. And um, I didn't really like to study, although I did well, but I really like to do art. So um, it was challenging to be so different uh, growing up in a family that wanted you to just focus on grades. Um, and then I was bullied a lot in, uh, in uh, school because actually, because I was acting a lot of, I was a target. So people would just say, you, you, I don't believe you got that. So it was a challenging childhood. Um, and that I think altogether created the CPTSD issues in me. So as I started to, you know, really understand my childhood and how it impacted me, I did um, plateau in my healing because you get an understanding of how your environment and people impact you, but you still have the symptoms. Um, my symptoms looked like hypervigilance and codependency where I was constantly people pleasing and wanting approval. So I think a lot of um, what happened was I kept trying to get approval from my peers and my parents. So being a businesswoman in consulting actually really fulfilled that, but I still wasn't owning who I was authentically, which is a creative artistic soul who was also very spiritual. I kept that part of me on the down low. So um, I started to think if I combined my computer science abilities and problem solving skills with what I learned in psychology and spirituality, I may figure out what the root of my problems was because I feel like we are operating systems and if the environment and people programmed me, couldn't I as a computer scientist debug the programming? So, you know, scientists have found that um, trauma is trapped in the body and we store memories, childhood traumatic memories in certain areas, like in the chest, it's panic, in your stomach, it's anger, in your shoulders is helplessness. And I found that um, through meditation, you can access these traumatic memories by focusing on the body and remember the traumatic memories and then reprogram them into more empowering memories so that they release from your body. And what happens is um, we have an autonomic nervous system that tries to prevent us from getting hurt again. So as you're traumatized, you store all these traumatic memories um, in your body so that you can recognize similar traumatic events. What happens though is then you could become hypervigilant if you experience a lot of traumatic memories, so everything becomes very scary. So by releasing the traumatic memories and by creating a version of yourself that had more empowered versions of these memories, the world's less scary. You're less hypervigilant. You're more brave because now you don't really need approval from others and you can step into your own authenticity and find out who you are. And you also, um, a lot of uh, spiritual coaches and 
healers and, and a lot of meditation coaches say quiet the mind when you meditate. It's not the mind making the noise. It's your body that makes the noise. Um, what happens is when you have all this trapped trauma in your body, your autonomic nervous system is, is basically feeling danger. And because it's painful, and you also feel the pain around that, you actually want to dissociate from that pain. And what, that, and what you do is you start using your mind to kind of come up with scenarios that are causing the pain in your body. So if you're feeling panic in the chest, you'll start looking for things that could make you feel panic. So you start looking for danger. And that's where your mind creates these loopy thoughts like, oh my God, that person's trying to get me, or I can't believe that I'm not going to get paid more than that person. And, you know, things like competition, jealousy, fear, money fears, um, anger, that starts getting more in your focus versus dealing with the trauma that's in your body. So I found that if I release the trauma, the thoughts quieted automatically. So that helped me focus throughout my life. So I was able to really be able to focus and really perform very well in my, my um, functions. So I was able to block out chaos because I don't get as worked up by stress because I can heal myself and realize that I am safe. So what happened was because of my success as a business person, people began to approach me to be their business coach and then life coach. And I found that the trauma healing work I created for myself, which I now call root trauma release therapy or healing, um, worked for my clients. So I was able to help them manifest better outcomes in their life because I can help them take responsibility for their own thoughts that are actually stemming from trauma that's trapped in their body. And as they release it, they can actually create uh, better realities for themselves. Because what also happens is when you have trapped trauma, you also create subconscious self-fulfilling prophecies to match that. So if you are constantly a victim, you will create scenarios by subconsciously forgetting something so that you are getting yelled at by your boss, for example. So by clearing these traumatic memories, you actually clear the subconscious programming that makes you someone who's a victim, um, makes you someone who's not abundant. So by clearing these traumatic memories, you also create a new version of yourself that actually is very confident and can manifest a desired reality consciously. And that's where I am now. So uh, lately, the pandemic occurred and I've actually now been doing a lot more spiritual coaching and this was um, really difficult for me to be more public about because in my personal life, I'm very spiritual. My grandmother was psychic and had predictive dreams. And I grew up in this world of, of just extrasensory perception. And I have that ability to, I can predict things in, in, in my dreams and I see things as well. And I actually am very empathic and I can feel people's emotions, but I've always kept that to myself. But with this pandemic, I actually am able to access um, information about my own soul journey and just feel what's going on. And I actually kind of felt that something was happening. I've actually predicted certain things like this throughout my life path. For example, the 2008 financial collapse, I had predicted two months before that the banking system was going to collapse. And I actually lived in New York City for a year and I had a dream about New York City having um, a virus that spread around it and actually a young girl died in my arms and I woke up and when when I have a predictive dream it's pretty real and I knew I had to move out so I actually moved upstate New York uh, about an hour and 15 minutes away um, in the mountains uh, and now that's where I am now and it was the perfect timing because I'm able to have a sanctuary and now provide coaching and healing services over the phone and, and internet to people right now who are impacted and having a lot of fear and trauma from the pandemic so 
I've been doing a lot of spiritual coaching and the latest um, pattern I'm finding is not only do we have trauma from this life, we also have trauma from previous lives that are trapped in our bodies. And that's been the prevalent type of healing I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of past life trauma the last month or two. And that's where we are now. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Your story, Audrey. I love hearing it because you're so good at articulating so many so many things. I mean, even just what you broke down with releasing trauma is so beautiful. And then you mentioned I caught meditation. Yes. Can you talk to us a little bit about like your practice? Like what do you do to stay grounded? Yeah, I'd love to learn. Yes, it started um, with this book called The Presence Process that I read um, by Michael Brown, where he had a 10-week process that outlined um, how to breathe and focus on your body. And um, that's what started my meditative practice, because in the past, I actually had very, uh, I had a lot of trouble meditating because I had, because of my trauma, I had a lot of thoughts flying in my head. So it was hard to still the mind. But focusing on the body was actually really great, because for someone who is traumatize it gives you something to do so it's really interesting because when you feel your body if you haven't done any of the work and you have experienced some level of trauma which everyone has it's a spectrum everyone has experienced trauma whether it's you know just someone not giving you something you wanted to abuse of, of horrendous sorts but everyone has experienced trauma and if you breathe into your body you actually feel a lot of discomfort and that's what I noticed with the presence process I breathe into my body and I felt this this just, my body was just in pain. And what happens is memories start coming up. Um, what I added to this practice was the computer science thing where there's always a root to bugs. And I felt that um, from the presence process, I learned that, you know, memories are trapped in the body and there are patterns. There's patterns of behavior. And now as I've evolved spiritually, because um, I read the presence process a while back, um, karma is actually patterns. So it's not what you think it is. Karma is not, you know, you were a bad person from a previous life and you're getting repaid back. It's really about, you know, lessons that you learn as a soul because universe doesn't judge anything as good or bad. It's all neutral. And even the most horrendous person you know has a, a divine loving soul who is learning lessons being that very difficult person. Um, so it's about patterns that you came into this world to learn. So I found that we, you know, in my experience, my pattern was a combination of being very empowered on the professional side, but very, being very victimized on the personal side. And I had difficulty merging the two because um, in, in the business side and my creative side, I had such great uh, approval from my external tribe, but in my personal life with my family, I felt very gaslighted and not valued and I never fit in and school I never fit in. So that was my pattern in this life to handle. And um, when I did my own root trauma release, um, it stemmed from childhood issues, but then I had to go further because I still felt there was some more to do. And that's how I learned how to do past life regression. And I found lives where I had both very empowered and, and very, uh, maybe even abusive, powerful souls where I abused, but also very victimized um, souls where I was abused. So I brought those two patterns into this world, in the, this incarnation to learn about. And the more I learned about it, the more I could see how beautiful everything is. So people who have done unto me bad things, quote unquote, I, I now can see that they're traumatized too, and they have their own lessons to learn. And I could look at them with love and neutrality. 
And also I, you know, because I've been bullied, I've bullied too. Um, not to the extent, I don't, I hope, but I, you know, people who have been bullied, bully others. And now I could see how I have impacted others. So um, part of the spiritual evolution is as you start really taking responsibility for all of your stuff, you could see how you've impacted people. And actually, because I'm an empath, I could actually feel that I've hurt others. So to understand that and take responsibility for that, that's part of the, the process for me to heal. And that helps me stay grounded. Um, and honestly, the law of attraction has been something that I was really drawn into. And I learned that um, consciously manifesting is difficult because of your subconscious programming that actually occurs because of the trauma. So as much as you can consciously say, I want a Porsche, um, it's hard to manifest that one if it's not your sole journey to have a portion two if you're not in an abundant mindset because of your trauma so you have to kill your trauma and honestly sometimes you want a Porsche for the wrong reasons because you want approval from others so the more trauma work you do the more aligned your desires are with your soul calling so as you heal you may not want a Porsche anymore just you want an, a car that works to get you where you need to go and that's kind of how that works so um, when you do the trauma healing work you actually start lining up your conscious desires better with your soul calling and it's easier to manifest and then you could create a happier abundant lifestyle mm, i love that and so many things popped up as you were speaking immediately i was thinking of the word humility like what yeah. you describe is this sense of humility where in that moment we understand that yes we might have been bullied but we have had moments where we've been the bully as well and so i'd be curious for you audrey how has forgiveness played in with everything like i love hearing about ancestral clearing and and what you're talking about with past life regression i know i've even experienced with my spiritual counselor she's told me about some of my past lives but i'm still on that track of really clearing that energy i'd love to find out what that journey has looked like for you for me, forgiveness, you know, I think on a mental level, when I first started my spiritual journey, I understood it. And I always said, oh, I forgive my parents. I forgive the bullies. But I never really understood it at a cellular level because I was kind of just trying to practice what I was reading. And I, you know, I believed it on a conscious level, but I didn't feel it. So honestly, it was just really being and embracing your emotions and, and healing the trauma, which is actually helping you feel emotions. I think that was the one thing I noticed that in our society, we're taught not to feel emotions. That's the worst thing for us. So to feel the pain in our bodies, to really grieve and be angry. Being angry actually is actually very healthy because it shows you when something is infringing on your boundaries. A lot of people say, don't be angry, but anger actually is showing you when something's not working. And so you can brace, so you have to really own your anger and not beat yourself up. Um, things I, I learned from psychology is that a lot of times when we feel shame or guilt, it's called a self uh, damage limitation strategy where we were probably shamed by our parents. And in order to avoid being yelled at, we just take it on ourselves so we'll feel ashamed and then feel guilt so that you know no parent or external authority figure can keep that upon us so to, to understand the guilt and shame really come from avoidance of being hurt again um so you could feel the shame and say where's that shame coming from uh, so that you could own it so the shame it, i think once you understand guilt and shame you can actually be humble and own when you've not acted in ways that you like about yourself and look at yourself in the mirror but the emotions i think are the most important part because as i evolved in my spiritual journey i was able to use my empathic view of others and actually feel the feelings of people i've hurt before and that's when i really understood forgiveness because 
I've done unto others and others have done unto me. And I actually could, I, I would get, you know, in meditation downloads about what that person that was abusing me was experiencing. And it was abuse from, from their childhood or even their stress that they weren't able to handle. And they would just unleash that on you. Yeah. Yeah. I so mean, forgiveness it, came like organically, I guess it was more understanding. Mm. And then the forgiveness just happens naturally because you're like, oh, I understand. And that's where right. forgiveness just happens. Poof. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the veil comes off your eyes and you're like, wow, I can see clearly now what was happening and, and even yeah. why, the why. So the many why. of us are like, why is this happening? You know, right. for you, Audrey, I, I feel like I'm learning so many lessons here, but I'd be curious from your standpoint, like what have been some of the biggest lessons that you've learned throughout your journey? Um, lessons that I've learned are basically when you're a child um, and you kind of understand who you are before your external programming kicks in, I think that's the closest you are to your soul. So remembering the wonderment you felt as a child, the things that really made you sing in your heart, those are the things that you return back to. So for me, it was music, art, learning, magic, you know, spirituality, just beauty in the world. I was always really an optimistic kid. So that is who I am at the, at the bottom of all the programming. So I think that's the biggest lesson I learned and to trust that because whenever I veered away from that and tried to please other people, that's when I veered wrong. So I think the biggest challenge for me was I've always um, tried to please other people sometimes and uh, that never worked out. Mm, yeah, I totally know what you mean. And just in terms of people that might have been on the journey with you, was there anyone that was instrumental throughout your own personal healing or even any resources aside from meditation that really helped you? Well, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, who I mentioned earlier, she was very spiritual and she was just wise, wise woman. And she'd have these amazing um, just mottos. I'm not sure if they came from her culture because uh, I'm third generation American, but she just had these very wise sayings like the one thing she always said is always do your best and don't be competitive because there's always a mountain that's higher and you know whenever i would come to her with drama she'd never bring drama back and drama um is basically um the drama triangle it's a victim rescuer and uh persecutor and i would be a victim and tell my grandma oh grandma and she would just help me step out of that drama triangle and be more neutral and look at it more neutrally. So she gave me the tools to kind of step out of drama, be more objective, be more neutral, more neutral and see the beauty of everything. And that, you know, she formed who I was. And of course I met amazing people along the way. So I would say coworkers um, when I was a young girl programmer who saw my abilities, even though in, in, you know, business and the tech world, a lot of, it was male dominated, but I had amazing people who saw me underneath the, the female, you know, uh, facade. They saw that I was a really good, you know, business person and programmer. And they, those people that believed in me gave me opportunities to help me flourish and get the band one in Accenture. And I would say um, I had great therapists, uh, healers who taught me things. I studied shamanism, uh, Akashic record reading, um, I've also had, you know, to be honest, I've had people that weren't that fun to work with, but they are teachers too, because you learn what not to do if you become a healer and teacher. So I would say everyone is divine, even the stuff that you don't like. So you have to just look at all the, everything as a learning opportunity and they're all amazing resources, even the undesirable ones. Right. It's like nobody is sent to us by accident. Exactly. 
Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh, this has been so nice. And so Audrey, I know you were mentioning the root trauma release therapy that you do right now. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Maybe talk to us about what's lighting you up right now. Sure. Um, right now what's lighting me up is that I felt my soul prepared me to help people because you know, I, I got out of the fray in New York City and I created a very lovely sanctuary. You could see it. Well, you, you listeners won't be able to see it, but you can see it. It's a very calm sanctuary and I have a mountain view and I get to meditate every day with this lovely view. And I'm able to provide um, guidance and help and just calm for people who aren't able to access that in themselves yet. But basically, I think what lights me up is that I can help people find their inner peace and calm through this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You help people feel more spiritually connected too, because you're helping them get more in touch with themselves and their feelings and their emotions and releasing so much of that energy that's taking up space. You know? Yeah. I think I, I help them see beyond the veil of, of this, this life, which is sometimes very difficult. So they could see the, the oneness of everything. You know, even in this difficult time, beauty will arise and we could be part of that beauty and build something wonderful after this is over. Yeah, absolutely. So this has been so amazing, Audrey. I feel like I could just talk with you so much and just like learn so much. I mean, I know my listeners are going to be reaching out. So where can people find you? Um, You can find me on Instagram, the Audrey Wong, T-H-E, Audrey, A-U-D-R-E-Y, Wong, W-O-N-G. And my website is AudreyCWong.com. And on Instagram, you know, I'll share things that channel through me after meditation. So it's not really predictable, but it's usually channeled and I post to help people. Oh, that's the best. It's all, it's, it's just an outpouring of, I mean, even just on this, this episode, I feel like you are a library for wisdom and I love hearing about your spiritual practice and how you're helping people. So beautiful. So, Well, you drew it out of me. So thank you. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that's why we're working together. You know, is there any last words that you'd like to leave the audience with? Um, I think just believe in yourself, trust your inner voice, even if sometimes people may not understand it because you know yourself the best. And I think when you do that, you can never go wrong. You'll never be led astray. As long as the inner voice is based in love, self-love, because your inner voice will never demean or abuse you. And there we go, guys. That's Audrey Wong. I had such an awesome time speaking with Audrey. I know after I got done recording the episode with her, I was so blown away. I'm like, Audrey, how can we work together? Because you are freaking amazing. She's a wealth of information. This woman has grown a career in management consulting. That's not easy just to start. And then to see her as an entrepreneur, scale businesses. On the other side, she's this beautiful, intuitive healer that's helped people release trauma. I mean, like she's just one of those women that you love to be around. She's got this type of energy that's just so loving and nurturing and yet so badass and fiery. So I loved this episode with her. And if you did too, go ahead and share this with anyone that you think this could help. Follow the podcast so you can get first access to all these episodes that I'm sharing and go ahead and leave any reviews if this content is helping you on your own personal journey. And I'll talk to you soon.